man, it's level 10 of My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Please subscribe everywhere, all podcast platforms. And of course, you can check out past episodes up on my site at PeterARadio.us. I'm coming at you from the cutting room in Manhattan, getting ready to chat with Austin-based Jackie Venson. But first, I got to shout out a couple of shows that I went to that I have to talk about. They were so amazing. I saw Combo Chimbita and Crumb over at Elsewhere. Beautiful spot in Bushwick. And what's really interesting about this place, it's three spaces in one. There's the hall, zone one, and the rooftop. And when I was over there, there were three shows going down at once. It was fantastic. And I was at the hall and Combo Chimbita, Brooklyn group by way of Columbia, They have such an amazing stage presence. Very electric. Just picture a psychedelic rock group with some Colombian flair. It's a must-see live. You got to get out and see them. And Crumb played right after them. And they're much more low-key than Combo and Chimbita. But there's a lot of moving parts to their live show. There's a lot of synths, some subtle but electric guitar playing. Not Well, literally electric guitars, but their guitar playing was electric there's some sax and some beautiful backdrops too so chrome definitely check them out i also caught white reaper they did a secret show for skull candy at a basement of a hotel but it sounded amazing the sound was awesome and white reaper tore it up like they always do and there's no way this is not a show to stand still at you're gonna be moving and you're gonna be dancing so white reaper check them out their latest album was the world's best american band One of the best albums of 2017. Hopefully they got something else in the near future. So yeah, that was White Reaper. And I want to give a shout out to Retirement Party out of Chicago. They got a new album called Somewhat Literate. Great band name and awesome album name. And they're playing a show out in Long Island on June 21st over at the Death Castle. A great DIY spot in Ronkonkoma. And you got to message them on Facebook for the address and your retirement party that album such interesting guitar work the guitars are kind of bouncing all over the place they're dancing if you will and retirement party please check out their album somewhat literate very explosive awesome awesome rock and roll tunage now let's get into my big chat with miss jackie venson cool cool Alrighty, here we go yeah hey jackie how are you i'm doing good how are you Great, thank you for talking with me today. You were on tour in Europe recently, right? Yeah, I got back like two days ago. Yeah? Three days ago. Three days ago. Didn't you play your first sold out show out there? Um, no. My first solo show was last November in Dallas. Like with the drum machine. Oh, cool, cool. Like with no other players and the drum machine and the loop. That that was uh, really turbulent, but it's like uh, necessary. You have to. You have to start doing shows in order to get better at doing shows. Yeah, yeah, you right. Know what I mean? But selling out a show, does that... Oh, I thought you meant yeah. sold out show. Yeah, yeah. I thought you, meant, I thought you said solo. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a mumbler. I'm a mumbler. That's <laughs> no, my it's biggest cool, problem. it's cool. I'm, just, I'm about to play a solo show tonight, so... Oh, really? So I was thinking solo shows. Anyway, so, yeah. um, no, uh, my first sold out show... I don't know when my first sold out show was. Yeah. But Europe, Europe usually is pretty uh, great when it comes to crowd attendance. Yeah. So there's a lot of people at every concert, but that's kind of how it always 
always is. Yeah. So the last time you were in New York, you did a residency at Rockwood, right? Yeah, every Wednesday. Oh, really? Yeah. How was that? It was great. It yes. gave me an opportunity to further strengthen my solo show. I did it solo. And then uh, we played here with the band on the 15th. Okay. And then the next day we went off to Europe. It was okay. a pretty wild trip. Still oh, kind of sure. soaking it all in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so at the Rockwood, what hall did you play? I know there's many. Oh, uh, three. Groups. Okay. Is that the bigger space? No, the biggest one is, yeah. is stage two, and then stage three, and then stage one. Okay. All right. And that was solo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you, when you play solo, when you you know mess up sometimes because that, that's what happens like yeah. how do you recover from that um there's two types of mistakes there's some mistakes you can recover from by just continuing to play and not saying anything about it and then there's some mistakes that are so bad that you have to stop and start over yeah and uh the the latter mistake you usually have the more you practice the less you have those okay the former mistake the first kind of mistake happens all the time because you're just human. There's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes you just don't hit the pedal right, or maybe uh, the lights are too bright, and you don't see the right note, or whatever. Anything could happen, and those are the ones you just keep playing, and people don't even know they even happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it kind of happens sometimes. I notice some bands, they say, oh, I just messed up that last song. But that's bad, because you kind of shine the light of what you just did. Yeah, you well, know, sometimes it's a mess up so big that you have to address it. Yeah. You have to be like, sorry, guys redo I usually make it a joke what's a concrete example of something that's happened to you like that like I made the loop was wrong like yeah. I, the beat was not on with the loop um, and I had to start the whole thing over again yeah after I had just built it in front of everybody right so it's like pretty obvious that I messed up yeah I saw so you at that I, Queen show yeah the secret show with Love Honey yeah that yeah was yeah amazing Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was this whole thing's been a blur at this point because it's the end of the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like middle of the tour, I'm still like remembering each and every show, but at the end of the tour, it's all like a meld of experiences. Are you fatigued right now from all this touring? No. You love what you do. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's just like you just wake up and do it. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like. Uh, any more exhausting than it would be me being in Austin every day. Right. That would be an ex exhausting in its own way. Like so. South by Southwest, I'm sure that's crazy. Well, South by Southwest is it's not Austin. It's like, it's a depart from what it's actually like to live in Austin. Okay. South by Southwest is insane. Oh, right. There's, all, right. there's like a million things going on and there's no consistency and all the streets are closed. It's, yeah. not, a, it's not an accurate picture of what the city's like. What is? Um, Austin any other time of the year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know what it's like to be in that town, I would not suggest going during a South By. It's just not accurate. You know? Would you say Austin City Limits is an accurate depiction of what Austin is like? Yeah, because they don't close the whole downtown. They just close Zilker Park. So you can still go do stuff around the town. And, and the rest of the town is still like normal in a normal state. Yeah. Uh, South by Southwest, they close the entire downtown. It just completely throws a wrench in the local life for like two weeks. Okay. So, yeah. So, have you played South by before? I know you're playing in October. Um, yes. I played it, I play it every year. But it's not really like, a, I mean, do you know what it is? What? It's like not like a festival festival okay it's not like austin city limits they don't have like a main stage okay it's just a collection of events going 
one area of the city. Right. And they close that area to cars, so you can just walk around the whole downtown. And like, there's just a million different things going on every single day. So, what do you think of the whole festival market in general? Um, what do I think of like the festival, or the, like touring festivals? What yeah, you- uh, touring it, playing them, and going to them. Or do you think they're overrated? I think they're really great to play because you get seen by a whole lot of people, and there's also a lot of people there. So you don't know who's going to hear you. Maybe somebody who can give you a really great opportunity is there, and they hear you, and then boom, you got a really great opportunity now. Um, it also is a really great way to like get a lot of new fans all at once. So in that way, they're really great. And also, they're really fun because there's a million people, and the energy is really intense. Um, I don't really like going to festivals because I don't like large crowds. Right. My only people are like, oh, what you playing for? I'm like, I'm not in the crowd when I'm playing for yeah. a crowd. I don't like being in crowds. So I actually don't hardly ever attend festivals on my like on my own accord. Right. But I can understand why people like them. Yes. I, I understand like the mentality. It's cool. You're kind of like there all day and you're just like drinking with your friends and it's just like shows going on and. If you come prepared, you can have a good time. You know, you got to bring your own chair or whatever. Have a place to relax. If you do it right, I, I can see how it would be fun. But I just crowds freak me out, man. They're especially overrated. now. Well, especially now, you never know what's gonna happen in a big crowd. True, true, true. But I, I already hated crowds before that. Yeah. And now it's like double. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think festivals are overrated in general. I went oh, yeah. to Meadows Festival last September. Last September, it was fun. But uh, I wouldn't go, like you said, on my own accord. I, yeah. I went through media, so yeah. it's. I saw Jay Z, and that was just like, whoa! It's a big spectacle. But I love the intimacy yeah, of like smaller venue, crowds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like ones. venues because they're air conditioned, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and there's no wind blowing my hair in my face and shit. Yeah. You're not. A, you're not like at the mercy of the elements. Okay. I prefer inside shows to outside shows for sure. Same. But I'll play a, an outside show if it's a great opportunity. I'm not gonna turn it down just because I'm slightly uncomfortable. No, but, but inside my shows. My preference yeah. is inside, inside shows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, with inside shows, sometimes I get lightheaded. Yeah, I almost passed out at an inside show once. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, but that was my fault. I wore like two sweaters. Oh, you were really hot. Yes. Yeah. I was like new to the whole concept of coat check. So I just kind of just went with it, and I kind of got lightheaded. I almost passed out. So, nice. but I I tried I tried through it. You know, I'm a tough guy. You, you so. got through it. <laughs> yeah, You're right. still alive today. Yes, I'm still here talking to you. You went to this Berkeley School of Music yes. in Boston, right? Yes. So, was there anything that you've experienced post education that you didn't learn in school? Um. Yeah. Just a just um, the exact amount of hustling I would actually have to do. I, I didn't realize it was going to be this much hustling. I thought it was more a little more straightforward. Like the, like at school, they, they, don't, they don't tell you that you have to do a million different things just to get shit off the ground. Like when I was learning how to play the guitar, I had to like host karaoke and walk dogs and babysit and like, and then I had to like slowly turn my karaoke thing into a live thing. They, they don't tell you about like the climate of actually being a musician or an artist trying to build their career. They just talk about it starting at the point where you're already successful. What kind of class do you think they should teach at a music school? You can't teach it. Oh, okay. You just have to go do it. Right. Like, um, I'm really happy with myself for choosing a major. There are some majors, I won't say which ones, but there are some majors at Berkeley that are really impractical. 
because like it's all theoretical like they're like oh well this has worked in the past so this is what we're going to teach you whereas the major I took was like look this is how you arrange for different instrumentations this is how you use studio equipment they just gave me they gave me tools and I think that's the most practical thing you can do for a musician is just give them tools because everything else can't be taught the music industry changes every single day Right. So it's like you can't teach somebody how to be successful. They have to go and figure out how to make their own way. And the more tools they have in which to do that, the better. So um, what are some what are some concrete examples or pieces of advice that you would give to someone going to a music school? Uh, choose the major that gives you the most tools. The major I chose taught me how to arrange for pretty much every single instrumentation. We did arrangements for orchestras. We did arrangements for like five-piece barbershop quartets. We did arrangement for big bands, like 13, hor 13 horns in a big band. We did we did like five-piece, you know, guitar, bass, drums, two guitars. Sorry, two guitars, bass, drums, and like a keyboard. We would make arrangements for that. And then also they taught me how to use Pro Tools and Logic and the digital audio workstations. They taught me. They just gave me all these tools, and now I'm out here doing doing these things and half the things I do require the tools that I got at, at, during my education. Like there's so many things I wouldn't be able to do right now if I would not have gotten that education. Like what? Like uh, this whole thing I'm doing with the looper station and the, uh, and the drum machine. It requires me to learn to, to know how to use a digital audio workstation and it would have really like it's already overwhelming to have to learn how to use a looper pedal. Like looper pedals are difficult and challenging. And loops are challenging, you know, you gotta have good rhythm. And playing a drum machine, you know, I'm not a drummer, so that's challenging. I gotta practice that all the time. Now imagine if all on top of all of that, I had to learn how to use Pro Tools. Right. It took me like a year and a half to learn how to use Pro Tools at, at school, you know, like to really get to the point where I can get on any digital audio workstation and, and kind of figure it out because they're all kind of the same. It took me like a year and a half to get to that point. And uh, the the more things you have stacked up that are challenging, the less likely you are to embark on that journey. You're just like, ah, the odds are stacked, fuck it. You know, and, and you do something else instead. And I just think that like, if I had more stuff standing in my way, I might be a little discouraged. But now I have all these tools to begin with, so whenever I get an idea, I can just chase it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you tour so much. Yeah. So where do you find time to practice all these elements for your solo set? Oh, uh, well, the only time I really don't have the time to practice is when I'm in Europe. Okay. And it's because I'm always only there for, like, as many gigs as I have. Like, if I have 10 gigs, then I'm there for 12 days. <laughs> like, I never have any, I'm never just chilling in Europe. Okay. I, like, land, play shows, leave, you know? But, like, everywhere else, there's always time. Like, when we drove up here from Texas, there was, like, several days I had off and I just plugged my guitar into my digital audio workstation and I put my headphones on and I practice or sometimes I'll get lucky enough to stay in somebody's house and they have a basement and I'll set up all my shit and I'll and I'll practice and in New York my sister's boss hooked me up with this basement space basement of his condo building so I've been practicing down there and when I'm in New York I've, I've gotten a lot of practicing done in New York a whole lot did you practice today? No, not today. But okay. I did I did two days ago. Right. I wanted to yesterday, but sometimes you just get too busy. 
Yeah. I, I was hear that. I was like sending out emails. I was doing the other side of the career, you know? Yeah. Business side. They don't teach that in school, right? No, well that changes every day. They can't teach that. Right. The internet changes every day. Like there's new there's a new thing, there's a new there's new rules. Facebook's algorithm changes every day. It, it changes every single day. You can't teach it. You have to keep up with it and actively pursue it and uh, figure out what your path is. And it takes a long time to figure that out sometimes. When you go on tour, and I saw you recently posted your routine. So you, yeah. you arrive somewhere, you uh, wake up early, you yeah. eat breakfast. I don't know how you have time to do that. Then you drive for hours. So what is your tour breakfast? Oh, what is my tour breakfast? Yeah. Oh, uh, well in Europe it's like deli meat, cheese, crackers, and like, I don't know, a croissant. I kind of have lame breakfast over there. Sorry, Europe. Oh, wow. Got a lame breakfast over there, but in America, I actually usually don't eat breakfast. Why not? Because I wake up at like 1 p.m. Okay. Because I'm not like I don't tour like that in America. Right. I only tour like that in Europe because it's like expensive just to be there. Every day I'm in Europe, that's an expense, but it's not really true in America. It's, it's like I have my own car. I, um, I just have all I have all my resources because it's where I live. So I have days to like where I can sleep in. And then we drive there, and then I don't have a gig to the next day, you know? So it's a little more relaxed. I take breakfast really seriously. <laughs> it's a ritual for me. I'm super serious function. about dinner. Yeah, yeah And I'm pretty too. serious about, like, I mean, I, sometimes I like to have a pastry in my morning. My morning is, like, usually... Two in the afternoon? Yeah, two in the afternoon. Right, right. So uh, I want to talk about the two new singles you dropped recently, Only Have You and Don't Lie to Me. Yeah. I love those songs, and they're sonically diverse. Oh, very, yeah. Is that your goal for your next project? That's just always been who I am. I can't yes. help it. The next one I just came out with today, it's a acoustic blues song, so I just can't, I can't stick to one genre. It's too boring. Yeah, I <laughs> You know agree. what I mean? I totally agree. And, and like, that's the other thing about Berkeley, I learned how to arrange for a million different instrumentations and for a million different genres. And so I think that's was the nail in the coffin for who I am right now. You know, I'll write a song and I'll have a melody and a guitar chord progression, right? And I'll be like, this melody seems like it should be reggae. And so it's reggae. Right. And then I'll write another song and I'm like, it sounds like a pop song. Boom, pop song. Right. And so on and so forth. You know, like every song is its own thing. And every song has a genre and an instrumentation that's best for it. You know? Do you feel like with your versatility that you run into any kind of tropes of a particular genre? What do you mean? Like any kind of stereotypes of what would make a blues song or uh, something in a reggae song that's already been heard or done to death a million times? Oh, well, everything's already been heard and everything has already been done to death. Um, the only thing that you can really be original with is uh, like melody sequences and uh, just your unique sound as an individual. And I feel like I sound unique enough as an individual to where if I do a reggae song, it's still a new song because I'm me and nobody else is me and nobody else is ever gonna be me. And so I try to like really play that up and then that, I feel like I can avoid the tropes uh, that way. Okay, but do you ever feel that possibly just to play devil's advocate that yeah, yeah. in like 
versatility can lead to inconsistency. Do you ever feel that way? Inconsistency in what? Inconsistency of like, like you have an album that has many different sounds. Yep, do you genres, ever feel, yeah. Yeah, do you ever feel like, okay, this can be, this sounds like inconsistent, it doesn't flow very well because it's so different. Um, I feel like that some people could feel that way. And uh, I guess those people just aren't my fans. <laughs> So, um, what's your thoughts on streaming services in general? Oh, I love them. Okay. <laughs> it's the uh, power of the independent artists. All right. I mean, if they could pay more, they should. I don't really know how it all works. I don't know how expensive it is to run one of those things. Like, people are always like, Spotify doesn't pay enough. I'm like, yeah, but radio paid nothing. So, they're like, but it pays a, a penny. And I'm like, radio pays nothing. Actually, you have to pay radio to play your stuff. Artists never got paid for radio, ever. Spotify actually, like seriously, all the way up until Spotify, we only had radio. Artists don't get paid for radio airplay. Maybe the labels do, because they're the ones who recorded the record. But artists don't get paid for that. Artists always made their money touring. So it's like, I don't know where this whole Spotify only pays a penny mess is coming from. I'm like, okay, well let's go back to how it was. But the thing is with radio, it's not on demand. Like, yeah. If I tune into a certain radio station, I can't listen to. Yeah, radio sucks, album. man. <laughs> I work in radio, so you better watch it. You know, it's cool. No, for <laughs> that for that reason, radio sucks. Actually, yeah. there's some things about radio that that's really great, and I think that streaming and radio should combine their powers. I miss DJs, and I miss curators. Yes. I miss I miss having a, a station that or something that you could get onto and you get really big exposure. We don't have that anymore. Not so much. We have some Spotify playlists, I guess. I miss DJs. I miss like you know like Delilah, like talking, and then there's and then there's like people talking, like calling in. And I miss that whole thing where you're just listening to people call in and the interaction with the DJ and the audience. And the DJ's like, this next song I really love, and, and they spin it. I miss that so much. That's college radio. It's awesome, and that's what I love. That was radio's greatest strength for me. But I hate I hate the commercials. I can't stand the commercials, and I can't stand some of the formats. I'm like, why do you only play like these same 40 songs over and over again? You know, that drives that yeah. drives me crazy. I mean, I know there's a reason why, but yeah. that sucks, man. It's like, come on, it's like the DJs. It seems like the thing that I love was already starting to phase out of radio anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. I there's a way that. we can combine that with streaming. That would be like perfect well a lot of radio stations look at what people stream yeah to in order to find out what to rotate good radio programmers now do that yeah yeah so well i just i miss the i miss the whole radio dj era you know yeah I seriously miss that i get that and um, yeah streaming doesn't have that it's just all everybody's just out in the world it's, everything's willy-nilly you know everything's people are just listening to whatever they want at that moment and that's cool but like I don't know, I don't want to be screwing around with my phone while I'm driving in the car. Sometimes I just want to turn on a radio station. Do that. Well, I do sometimes, yeah. but then the commercials come on and I turn it off. Non-commercial radio is there too. You Where? Hear non I mean, each area has their own non-com station. That's true. Like New York has WFUV, Seattle That's has true. KEXP, so yeah, you still yeah. have that. Okay. There's many alternatives. Okay. Yeah. I guess, I think Austin is KUTX. Yeah, and uh, there's another one. So there's a few others out there. But yeah, no. I think I think we gotta find some kind of balance between 
radio and, and streaming because there's yeah. a lot of things that radio had that streaming doesn't that I miss. You're a big blues fan, right? Yep. So who are some of the artists that you listened to growing up and who are some artists that you like now in the blues area? Well, I never really listened to blues coming up because I only listened to classical piano. Right. That's like all I did. Um, but when I started listening to blues, I'm really obsessed with like Albert King is so great. And B.B. King and Buddy Guy and I'm not going to say Hendrix because he's not blues. He's rock. I'm talking about straight blues. Yes. And he's inspired by blues. But everybody not, is. Yes, yes. It's impossible yes. not to be. But like what I mean is uh, real blues. Like true to the definition of the genre. Uh, Buddy Guy, B.B. King, Albert King. Um... You know I mean, you, Kimbrough? you just can't go wrong with those three, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like everybody else builds off of them. Yes. And Muddy Waters. Oh, yeah. You know about Junior Kimbrough? No. Oh, he awesome? he's a Mississippi bluesman. Nice. Fantastic. And um, R.L. Boyce, also from Mississippi. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll have to check him out. Oh, my God. Blues. Robert Cray. Oh, blues. Robert Cray. Robert Cray. Okay. Robert Cray's incredible. You also love reggae, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so who do you listen to in that era besides Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, and the Whalers? Is there anybody else that you know about? Well, the entire Marley family. I love okay. Steven. Steven yeah. Marley is my favorite Marley. Damien awesome. is great, too. Damien's rad. He's like, uh, he's like uh, almost like rap, reggaeton, reggae. And a he's little like, dance hall? Yeah, a little dance hall. Yeah, yeah. He, he, gets, he gets real housey sometimes, and I, I love that. Yeah. I love his dreads down to his feet. His dreads are seriously down to his feet. Jay-Z brought him out at Meadows last year. Yeah. Oh, man. It was He's so awesome, good. man. Fantastic. And uh, the whole Marley family, though. Yeah. Particularly Steven. I love Steven. But then also uh, Toots. Okay. Uh, his name is Toots, right? No, I don't know. Uh, Who are you talking about? Toots. I think his name is Toots. Okay. Let me see. I just got to Google it real fast. Oh, my God. This guy's incredible. Yeah, Toots. Toots and the Maytals. Oh, okay. Cool, oh my cool. god. That we'll guy will change your life. I really love him. So do you have an album coming out or EP? Anything? Well, I, I'm coming out with a new single every month this year. So okay. I got... I dropped one today for June. No, for May. So I have seven left. Sweet. I have June, July. You know, they're all coming out every, once a month, every month. And they're all attached to a video. Okay. Yeah. So are all these songs going to come together into one cohesive thing? Or is it just... They could. Okay. I could put them on a vinyl or something. That would be great. I don't see why not. Do you know the Ravenettes? You know that band? Well, they did what you did yeah. in 2016. They put out one single for every month of nice. the year. And they and culminated they... into one album. And they what called the album it in called? Um, 2016 Autonomized. Nice. It's an anti album, but nice. I thought that was really creative. And I love yeah, I'll, I'll put too. it on a collection. I don't see why not. Yeah, that will be awesome. Jackie, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for being here. Big thanks to Jackie Venson for chatting with me on level 10 of My Little Underground. Make sure you guys are subscribed on all podcast platforms and be on the lookout for Jackie this year. She's putting out 12 songs, one for every month of the year. Will it come together as one album? Who knows? You're just going to have to pay attention. And you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Peter A. Radio and use the hashtag MLUPod. Peace out.